five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Okay, and here's Tom Fishburn. And uh, today's cartoon is share a voice. Okay, share a voice. When I asked to analyze sh our share of voice, I meant media spending. Not how much you, you think I talk in meetings. And this guy is the red-haired guy, and he talks. He's the big talker. And so uh, marketing has a graph of who talks the most in the meeting. Which gets at a, 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 an interesting epistemology of marketing. Marketers are perpetually looking for the most useful metrics to guide marketing decisions. None are perfect and many are in flux. And I would argue, no, that's not really what they're looking for. They're looking for the one that justifies the decision they want to make, which is an entirely different approach. There are very, very few marketers that are really data-driven. They really have their opinion and they want to verify it. And one of my challenges in my career, having worked with data for now 25 years, is when you you know, make a side bet with the president of the company and, and prove him wrong. And, uh, you know, I've done it a lot. <laughs> they don't like that. You get fired. <laughs> What's your point? I don't know. Anyway, but Sean Biglione from Zenith says, bluntly, the tracking of digital spend is a bit of a shit show, often leaving share of voice reports with big disclaimers that digital is very likely underreported, if at all. This was fine when digital spending represented less than 10% of the total, but now it's a big headache for analysts and marketers relying on that data. Ask a media team for share of voice analysis and watch their eyes roll in despair. Right. One of the big, big advantages of digital uh, from the beginning, from the very beginning, was you could manipulate, uh, you could, you know, it was tr difficult to measure, it was overly complex and so therefore if you wanted to do stuff you could do it and nobody would question it uh, because nobody knew anything about digital and going forward when the cookies got going then you could manipulate the attribution to give digital credit for everything including what mail had driven to the website and to purchase okay so the beauty of measuring SOV is that yes you can use it to estimate your rankings and you can affect these rankings almost immediately by opening or tightening your media budget. That's the bathtub model, if you've seen me talk about that. Um, but SOV can also have an inflationary effect, uh, a bit like an arms race. Obsessing how big your competitor's budget is can easily drift categories toward an unhealthy level of spending, which basically means spending in inefficient media when you should be spending in direct mail which is completely measurable because you can do holdout tests and you can measure the exact impact of the mail. So how about we spend more time and effort building plans based on consumers or we have more integrity in marketing? Okay, now we're going to go over to five direct mail bloopers from Summer Gould. And uh, I always like what Summer has to say. So this is no exception. And... Uh, she says, for the last 30 years, and I'm right now, I don't know, mid-September is my 40th anniversary. I don't even remember the date anymore. How could I, right, of starting as a direct marketing consultant with Vic Hunter. But I know it was September, and I know it was 1981, and so we're 40 years in as a direct marketing consultant. So I got even more years than summer 
Uh, and it's hard to believe because she looks like she's still in college down in her down in her profile picture. Um, but she said they've had some flops. They've learned much more from the flops than from the great achievements, which is always true. Okay, the first principle is you your direct mail should never lie to people or, as some people put it, stretch the truth. And uh, that is easier. It's easier said than done avoiding that uh, because my experience in direct mail is that it's not just the copy. It's not just it's the entire piece. It's the entire it's the entire vision. And sometimes the lies are just not telling people what you're really up to. And um, we did a piece for general binding. This was fairly early on. That was like my second or third big client and uh, or maybe a little more than that. And I have a, a general binding catalog up on my up on my shelf behind me. There it is. Um, but. You know, they got excited about direct mail and they they did a piece on their own that showed um, their their laminators and it showed school laminators and industrial laminators and all sorts of things. And then it had a sale on it, but it was printed on at least a hundred point beautiful coated cover stock and uh, and laminated on top of that because they wanted to show, you know, the lamination how nice lamination was and then they put like a sale offer and it out of 150,000 pieces it got like three leads coming in and so they asked me what to do differently and I said well first of all you're you're saying sale but you're not giving a sale and you're talking about every machine except what you wanted to sell which was the school laminators and they said well teachers already know us with school laminators so we're going to mention all these other laminators they wouldn't want I said well okay that's that's a strategy. Anyway, and so and so that tipped me off to the idea that you can lie to people without saying anything that's false. Okay? No un, no or unclear call to action. You know, and I helped USPS launch mail in a bunch of big brands. One was Oakley. And uh, Elena got me into, um, Elena Neely got me into Oakley. And we had a wonderful time calling on Oakley. And I'll never forget it. But they handed me their mail piece, and I said, there's no there's no response device. There's no call to action. They said, sure, look in the body copy. There's the 800 number, real little. And I said, well, no one's going to see it. And, uh, you know, they said, well, shouldn't we test it? I said, well, do you have a split test ready? They didn't. So I said, just make it bigger. And so I'm going to show you a couple of a couple of the make it biggers right now. Uh, that helped the call to action. Let me see if I can get over to this thing to work. Okay, it's my first catalog, and the first catalog, oops, the first catalog was this one, and it was driven, it was driven by prior uh, corporation. Uh, they they wanted to look like Land's End, so it was very artistic and beautiful, but it wasn't real clear what it was. Here's the fine print up here, line full line computer supplies catalog. Um, it didn't do very well, and they asked me to fix it. And so we made this nice and big and red computer supplies catalog, and it did much better, better enough that they could buy a bigger company, and that put them out of business. But here's their the original layout, lots of white space, very, very beautiful. Not easy to necessarily see which copy went with which product. Uh, here was the full grouping, made the space work much harder. I did most of that on the train between Milwaukee and down and downtown Chicago. 
Uh, Deluxe hired me to fix this one. It said, it, in introducing a way to collect monthly payments. And I added, a, introducing a money-saving way. That's the benefits. That's point number five. Instead of the features, just a new way to collect payments. A money-saving way to collect monthly payments, okay? On the inside, we got a lot of clicks on this thing. On the inside, this is what it looked like. So effective, you'll wonder how you ever managed without it. Now, where is the call to action? Where is the 800 number? Nowhere, okay? So now I added uh, re uh, customized for each unit. So we put the address of each unit on there. They get it each payment book. And, of course, if you rent it, you'll have these. But this was when it first came out. Made the 800 number nice and big, nice and big. Free information packet. You know, made it as low as a dollar forty-seven, and so it wasn't that the first picture lied; it was just that it didn't really tell the story, and that can be as big a mistake as any. Okay, let's see if we got and the deluxe guarantee highlighted. Okay, this was one of my first disasters. This was a mailer. The, the guy came American Lifting Systems. He was right off the freeway, and he sold these tie-down straps. And he did real well with this. Sent it to truckers and people that had bought from him in the past. And uh, it actually worked. So then we hired a, a really, really good designer uh, who worked for me later. You know, he really was a good designer. Uh, he made the he made the sort of a 25% real big. Doesn't Percentages are hard to figure out. Uh, a free uh, lever that would uncock the, would give you more leverage on the strap. And we actually glued a piece of the strap on there, except that everybody knew that. But it's very, very dead and didn't have much, not near the credibility that his pasted up one that looks kind of like a ransom note. He literally just grabbed stuff from other mailers and it's crooked and tilty and all that. And it did way better. So it's not always the nicest look that does the best. Deluxe hired me for this one. Deluxe business forms, supplies, catalog. It could be an adjective, deluxe. Like very, very nice business forms. I said, why don't you make, aren't you part of deluxe? They had it down here in fine print, which is another point that Summer makes. Made it big, deluxe, like you see on the checkbooks. This is business supplies, form stationary supplies, the building blocks of a successful business. Put the 800 number huge instead of little. Much better. Okay, here's one of my greatest successes. We were very proud of our clients. We had 3M, Pontiac, uh, Avon, Caterpillar, all kinds of Ford truck. Um, and I would hand it out to people and they would say, well, why would I want a, why would I want a Pontiac hat? <laughs> no, no, you put your own logo on there. Oh, yeah, we buy that stuff. Sure, let me have one of those catalogs. That's how it went for about a dozen people. So I said, you know, they're not getting what we're doing, like these other experiences, right? And so we changed it to this, your imprint here, and we did an A-B test. And this is the power of really knowing what's going on with mail. You do this in social media, and you do one in one place and one in another, you wouldn't know what was going on. But we did an A-B split with 600 pieces, 600,000 pieces, so 300,000 of each. And this is how close they look, okay? This is A, this is B, so, right? Or this is, this is the control, and this is the, is the test. Guess what the difference was? There wasn't one word of copy different in the entire catalog. Not one price. Nothing else different. 40%. This one by 40%. Okay? So make it clear what you're selling. And that's one of... That's one of... Uh, that's one of... Oh, now the last point she makes is with list. 
and I'm this is just a zip code map of Milwaukee, but <clears throat> it doesn't exactly. There's very few maps that show the city of Milwaukee and the zip code maps, and they don't quite overlap. So Warner Cable hired us to do a mailer, and you know I I looked up on some table what zips covered Milwaukee, and these do. You know the ones in here in the interior, and uh, the rest is Milwaukee County. And Milwaukee County is perfectly de de defined by zip codes. A lot of counties are, a lot of states are, a lot of cities are not. <clears throat> But I've only seen one map that showed the boundaries of the city of Milwaukee and the boundaries of the zip codes, and they're not overlapping. The postal, postal system did whatever they felt like. You know, and in fact, in Iowa, the SCFs are all checkerboarded. I don't know why, but for one, some reason, Iowa decided to alternate uh, SCFs across the map. <clears throat> so the post office could do what they want, and the problem was we got a great response from places just outside the city limits of Milwaukee. But Warner Cable only had the franchise for the city of Milwaukee and was not able to sell outside in that perimeter. And so they had a, then they had to figure out if the customer was actually in the city of Milwaukee or not. And it was a complete waste of the mailing. There was a lot of ways we could have fixed that list, but that was a list issue. And that's one of the issues that, that uh, Summer raises. Let's go over to Summer's article again. So old list. Be careful with your list. Call to action. Have a clear call to action, font. I did work with the Billy Graham Association, and what we found was, this was for the annuities division, what we found was that ads with less than eight-point type got zero response. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a slow decay as, as type fonts uh, decreased. It, if you got below eight-point, it went to nothing. So be careful, and you can test the font size. It's not even hard. That's something you might be able to test in digital. But I would always recommend verifying your hypotheses and your observations in mail because we have the most solid engagement, the most solid open rate. Uh, everybody has to look at it. And so we know who looked at it and didn't buy. Okay, so there's great work from Summer. Uh, I highly recommend you talk to her. Have a great day. Go over to WDMA.org and sign up for the meetup in person. Have a beer. Bring your own beer. <laughs> buy, buy your own beer. We're a low, low overhead operation. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.